Hello, and welcome to season two of Coffee and Code. I'm your host, Ashley Coffee. Coffee and Code is here to help bridge the gap between technology and people through each informative episode. On this show, you'll hear exclusive interviews with experts and innovators in the tech space. No matter your level of expertise or ability, I believe you can be excited, informed, and empowered to learn how the rapidly evolving tech world impacts your daily life. Subscribe to Coffee and Code to be notified when new episodes go live. You can also find me on Twitter at AshleyCoffee underscore and on Instagram at AshleyRCoffee89. Thanks for listening and welcome to Coffee and Code. Hello and welcome to Coffee and Code. I'm excited to have a very special guest on the show today and uh, a great friend of mine. His name is Daniel Hill. He is an amazing person and has launched his first Instagram stories flash briefing that took place about three years ago. That's how we met one another. We've actually never met each other in person, which is uh, another value of the beauty of technology and bringing people together. Um, But Daniel really focuses on bringing technology and social media all into one area. And he currently works at CVS Health, working on the Aetna app for secure messaging and also runs Daniel Hill Media, where he teaches small business owners how to use Instagram and Amazon Alexa to build an audience. For those of you who are interested in following him along his journeys, you can find him on Instagram at Daniel Hill Media. But today we're just going to have a nice conversation on what drives Daniel's creative inspiration, um, more about his time as a product manager and kind of advice that he would give to those who are listening about learning more about becoming a product manager and potentially pursuing a career in this rapidly evolving world. Um, But without further ado, I would like to introduce Daniel Hill. So Daniel, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, thanks so much for that great intro, Ashley. That was really nice. I appreciate that. Um, I would say that you covered a lot of it, but I'm a product manager. Um, I live in the New York City area, actually in New Jersey, and I've been working in this space for a while trying to not only figure out what new tools and technologies, whether you call it you know, emerging tech or AI, voice, whatever you're into, how are people going to use that? And then how could it be better? How could someone working on those apps, services, devices, whatever, make them into better experiences that appeal to more people? And then once they exist, how can you get people to realize the value of them and start to use them? So that's been my focus over the past few years. Amazing. And I feel like you're truly known as the authority when it comes to educating your audience about the rapidly changing features of Instagram. So I'm curious, can you give us a little bit of an origin story about who or what inspired you to really dive into this niche? That's a great question. So A few years ago, before I had this flash briefing, I wanted to do more public speaking, but I wasn't sure what anyone would want to hear me do public speaking about because there are so many people out there who already do public speaking. I went to social media marketing world actually a couple of times and I thought, oh, maybe I'll make some contacts and, you know, maybe they'd like to have me give a talk about something. I don't know. Maybe I'll figure it out. 
And after I went there a couple of times, I met a lot of people, but they didn't really seem interested in having me do any talks because there were literally people who did everything I could possibly think to talk about much better and for much longer. So I thought, okay, you're going to have to come up with a different angle or a different strategy. Now, some people, you know, would say, okay, I want to go down maybe the influencer route, or I want to go down the developer route or, and none of those really fit me. So I, I needed to sit down and come up with a way that made sense for me to grow who I am as a person and grow what I can offer to people that they might potentially want to have me come speak in a way that made sense for me for my time. And it's kind of hard because Instagram, it's a graphical platform. I'm not a photographer. I'm not a videographer. I'm not a graphic designer. I can tell you all the things I'm not. So it was really hard to find something that I am that was unique that people could get and then realize the connection. It took me a while to to get to the bottom of that because I'm not a social media manager. People think that quite frequently, and and I've probably misled people uh, into thinking that as well. So I finally embraced the product manager hat and said, okay, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to be. This is going to be my approach to things. If you like it, cool. If you don't, that's okay. But that's how I'm going to approach things. And so that's what's really helped me over the past few years. Amazing. And I feel like since we are, you know, recovering from the pandemic, the emphasis on influencer and social media has really exploded. And companies are looking to social media as a means of uh, connecting with the audience in a different way, driving sales, conversion, you name it. But now more than ever, companies are willing to, to shell out the money for people who have experience in this arena. And people like you are are an amazing fit for helping to bridge the gap there because there's just a lot that we don't know. And I feel like you were great with sifting through what's currently out there and bringing that fresh content to your audience. Because with your, your flash briefing, I mean, you get everything you need in three minutes a day, which is the best package for, for someone who is on the go, constantly running around. So that's something that I've really enjoyed and appreciated about your show. But I'm curious to hear about your creative inspiration along the way and kind of what you thought of what your Daniel Hill media conglomerate would be um, three years ago versus now. Talk us through that journey and that kind of creative inspiration that has led you to where you are today. That's a great question. So I I thought about apps and services and things, and I thought if somebody wanted to say that they were an expert, how would they do it? How would they say, I know a lot about this thing, but if there wasn't a college course for it or a certificate, or they didn't work on the company and make it or build it, how would they put themselves or position themselves as an expert? And I thought, wouldn't it be interesting if someone just stayed on top of the latest developments of things and in that way they could be an expert? And part of me thought, well, that's a ridiculous idea. Just staying on top of news doesn't make you an expert. But then I thought, that's not true because we watch news anchors all the time and we watch um, celebrity gossip type people who, even though I'm personally not a celebrity gossip type person, but when you watch those kinds of shows, you think, okay, wow, this person really knows a lot about Ryan Reynolds or the Kardashians or whatever, because every day there's some like little thing about them that they're talking about. So they become the expert from that perspective because of frequency, not because of originality. Does that make sense? And so I thought I could do the same thing. If I just tracked the news for something that changed very frequently, 
I could position myself as an expert by staying on top of all those changes. And in my time in technology, I have to say that Instagram is one of the fastest changing platforms in that they're always rolling out new things. They're changing features, moving this button over here, adding this link sticker over there, making it so you can do the video this way, that, whatever. There's always going to be something different about it. So by staying on top of it, I could be uniquely positioned. And that was my plan. From there, I thought, okay, how can I do it in a way that makes sense for me? I could write, but I am a very slow writer. It could take me a week to write a blog post. And even then I'd be like, this is not a great blog post. I could have written it a lot better if I just had more time or more clarity. I could make a video, but it takes me a very long time to edit a video, especially if I want it to be punchy and impactful. And if it's a talking head video, those really have to be short unless you're very funny. I will watch 20 minutes of John Oliver, but I noticed that he puts jokes in very frequently in order to keep it moving and keep it interesting. Same mm -hmm. thing with Trevor Noah or any of the other where you watch, you know, talking head uh, of news. Funny helps. I'm not the funniest person. It's hard for me to be funny consistently. So <laughs> I was looking for a way to create content quickly that made sense for me that hit on the news to position me as an expert. And it sort of all came together in this specific mode where I discovered that people were searching for information on these devices and then it became part of their routine. One of the things that's really interesting about these smart speakers is if you follow someone on social, there's an algorithm, you might see my content today, you might not see it tomorrow if it didn't do that well in the algorithm. Well, with these flash briefings, when you set it up, whatever order you hear it in, that's gonna be the same order day in, day out. So I sort of had an advantage in that respect in that if people were willing to add me, they were going to hear me every day, whether they wanted to continue doing it or not, basically. Yeah. And um, on that note, I, I do have you as a part of my morning routine and I have for, for the past three years, which is pretty amazing. I've got you queued up right in front of NPR. I feel like you were the one consistency in my in my routine, especially through the pandemic, which was really nice. But something sure. that you mentioned earlier is about the 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 content of Instagram is constantly change, changing and the features are constantly changing. And I feel like the shelf life of Instagram knowledge has rapidly decreased um, over the past you know, six months. What was true for three months ago is definitely different now, especially as Facebook is evolving and Instagram is evolving. So on, on that note, I, I wanted to ask you a question about the this process of you putting together the Instagram stories flash briefing, because I know there's an interesting backstory of you actually reaching out to Instagram about this that you've shared with me that I'd love for the audience to hear. Sure. So when I first wanted to do this, I decided I wanted to, it to be Instagram focused. And if people searched Amazon for the word Instagram, I wanted them to find me. It was tempting to, to make something and call it Daniel Hill talks about social media, but no one was ever going to search for that and find me because I'm not, you know, my name is not that recognizable, but people are always searching for information on Instagram. So I came up with this name, the Instagram stories, and I sent it to Amazon. I made the application for, for making a voice app on, on the Alexa platform and they rejected me. They said, uh, no, that, that word is trademarked. And I thought, okay, well, that's not really fair. How else would you know what it's about? It's about Instagram. Therefore, I, I want to use it. And I didn't get anywhere with that line of, of reasoning. So I thought about it. I asked some friends. I thought about, you know, fair use, legal uh, avenues, which 
trying to go up against a, a very large corporation when you're just a guy with an idea is a very silly plan. I don't recommend it. Even if you do think that you're right, still don't, don't do it. Um, so I told a few people about this idea. They gave me some other suggestions for names. And I told my dad and my dad was like, why don't you just ask Instagram if you could use their name? And now Instagram's tech support is notoriously bad. They don't even answer mm-hmm. you if your account is locked out or you're having other sorts of problems. So the fact that they would, uh, say yes to a person they don't know for an idea that they don't understand, it struck me as a little ridiculous. I can't write in like help at Instagram.com. Like, here's what I want to do. So um, I thought about it. And and one day I was doing some Googling and I found a website where you can apply to um, make an advertisement. Like say you have a TV ad or a TV commercial or something and you want to have the Instagram logo in it. You can send the ad to the Instagram team and they'll approve it or whatever. I decided to fill that out and explain what I wanted to do. And they just wrote back, no, 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 thank you. Uh, So I thought about it some more and I said, okay, if I was going to do this, I'm going to need to get them to say yes. What would make them say yes? So I put in a second request and I said, if I wanted to build something and I wanted you to approve it, what would you have to get from me in order for you to approve it? And they said, give us more information. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> now we. So I explained a little bit more. And then I held my breath basically and, and waited for a few days. And they came back to me and they said, okay, our lawyers say that you can do it if you include this verbiage that, you know, you're you're not Instagram and you know you're not representing us. But if you include that, then you can use our brand logo and, and trademark. And so I saved that post as a, you know, or saved that email as a PDF and sent it over to Amazon. And I think it took them about a week and a half to approve it, probably because they'd never seen that happen before. Um, But then once I had that, I emailed um, Instagram back and I said, Hey, can, you know, can I use it on other platforms? And and they were sort of like, okay, Daniel, like stop bothering us. We said it's okay. Um, And so I've been able to launch on Google and and everything else um, without any issue. So it was, a, I do feel like I have a good story there and, and I learned a lot from that experience, but also um, I think it's a testament to if you reach a roadblock, just sit back and think and do some Googling and, and maybe you can come up with a way around across, you know, something else that you can uh, take advantage of. I think that's a beautiful example of just creative problem solving. Like I'm sure people would never have thought in a million years to go down that avenue. Um, but also you didn't you didn't give up, which I think is really important and look where you are today. So I love that background story and it, it's, it provides fun little context of uh, how this all came to be. And it's interesting that you say that, you know, people were typing in you know, Instagram. That's how I found you is when I first got my my. Alexa device. Really? I typed, yes, I, I typed in, I was searching all the flash briefings. And at the time, flash briefings were just now, I feel like, getting on the market and gaining in popularity. And I was like, okay, I, I'm interested in these things and this is what I want to learn. So I typed in Instagram. And that's how I found you on your flash briefing. So I added it and look where we are now. <laughs> but it was a really good strategy because there's there weren't any other flash briefings like this at the time. And I'm fairly certain there still isn't. Um, so you've definitely set yourself up as um, the authority in that space. And I highly recommend anyone listening to subscribe to those flash briefings. It's a great way to stay up to speed on what's going on in Instagram as you go throughout your day. Nice. Thanks. 
Now, Daniel, as since you're a product manager, I'm very curious, what have been your biggest takeaways so far as a product manager? And maybe how has that impacted you in your um, various endeavors with, with Daniel Hill Media? That's a really interesting one. I would say that if you have a product people care deeply about and they're really passionate about, every single move that you make is going to be scrutinized very closely. And, you know, I think we've seen this firsthand from Instagram, but people are going to hate almost everything if it's a change for the sake of change. But if it's a change that helps them and it's an, it's obvious how that change helps them, then they're going to love you forever. And I think watching the um, link in stories is a great example of that. It's something everyone's been asking for for a long time. And finally, Instagram said, you know what? Why are we keeping everyone from having the link in stories? It doesn't really make sense. It serves our purposes more than everyone else's. Now, I don't think it's exactly the biggest deal and, and game changer that it would have been if we'd all gotten it, you know, three years ago, you know, four years ago. But the fact is, is people do look very carefully to see what's possible, what they can do. And there's really no need to hold things back if it's going to make a better user experience for your, your end users, which is what you want. Agreed. Agreed. And I'm curious, let's say like 10 years ago, did you ever see yourself being a, a product manager? You know, I did. Um, I didn't know what a product manager was, but I knew I wanted to be it. It's funny that you actually say that because it was just about 10 years ago. I was in sales. I was doing tech sales. It was not for me. It was not a good look. And at the time I came across a product manager role and I was like, this is Yes. And I couldn't articulate what the role was other than you needed to coordinate between different people and talk to developers and vendors and make it work. And I was like, that's what I want to do. Right. And so um, to, to answer your question, yes, but I've seen how how much of a role a product manager has become in more apps and services as this whole tech world has expanded. I mean, there are hardware product managers, there's product managers who don't work in tech, of course. Um, but it's, it's been a great fit for my personality and skill set um, without needing to be a developer or, or, you know, be too technical. Yeah. And I love that product managers really bridge the gap between what a company needs and the developers that make it. It's like it, it takes someone with a very specific skill set to be able to translate those two lines. So I think you've definitely found your calling, so to speak, and, and utilizing your your talents and in an area that is obviously exploding. And um, it's funny that you mentioned that you can articulate that, but I feel like over time, we have found ourselves in in roles that we can't really describe what they are, but as right. you know, technology progresses, we realize, oh wow, that is what I'm doing. Okay, this is cool. Yes. This is fun. This is going to evolve over time. So, kind of um, as a segue question, what are your thoughts on the future of social media engagement as we recover from the pandemic? That's a great question. I think it's going to have to be much more entertaining and much more punchy uh, mm -hmm. because there's so much competition out there for your time and for your attention. And I think about some of the series that you and I already just mentioned, you know, on this call, we've talked about um, Ted Lasso in our brief you know, <laughs> conversation before. Um, there's plenty of other shows that I know people are watching right now. And you often hear people say, oh, our attention spans are getting shorter. Yes and no, because people will sit down and watch eight, 10 hours of Stranger Things without thinking twice about it. You know, we'll sit and binge a show. Is our attention span really that short? Or is it that the content has to be really funny, entertaining, engaging, or something to keep us hooked? 
Or if it doesn't have those things, it can be short instead. And there could be a lot of short ones and that will make the difference. So I think it's going to be an approach of really long, really great content or very short, very punchy, good content and a lot of it. So that's my perspective. (laughs) I agree with you there. Um, It's been interesting to see some of the new trends on Instagram, like the uh, the collaboration of stories feature, the reels, right? You know, first it was TikTok and now it's reels. And I feel like certain companies are trying to catch up with one another and come up with what's the latest, greatest thing that's mm. happening. But you're right. You know, whenever social media companies are coming up with strategies, especially going into 2022, um, their impact is going to have to be creative and fun and different because we've all been, or I have, our eyes have been glued to, to screens for the past, you know, two years. So it's about really creating that, that fun stuff that stands out amongst the crowd of everything else. Yeah. I think a lot too about um, what we've seen from Tesla with the self-driving cars. And I say that because I always thought it was more advantageous to take a train or a bus because you can read, you can catch up on sleep, you can go on social media. What about though, when we reach the point when you're sitting in your car in the driver's seat, you know, lean back, letting the car, you know, drive you to your your job or your destination and you're using social media in that sense, how would that be different? Right. And so I think there's going to potentially be more time available, but again, that content has to be really engaging and interactive. Um, but I think that's going to add a layer of context over the next few years. That's going to potentially change how we engage kind of post pandemic. Absolutely. And I've seen that Instagram is really starting to put a focus on making sure content creators are paid in some capacity with some kind of levers to um, support content creators, creatives. Although I don't think that is necessarily an avenue that everyone could be able to you know, make a living off of being an influencer. But it's interesting to see that perspective of where we're going into the, the influencer economy as, as time progresses. I think that's a really important conversation that needs to happen. I mean, it it should be a lot farther along in the process. I've seen how many people have made just a ridiculous amount of money from YouTube. I think there's a big divide between the people who make enough to maybe quit their jobs and the people who have enough to buy, you know, Ferraris. There's definitely a, a difference there, but it's very hard to do any of that on Instagram at any level compared to what YouTube has. So I think that's mm-hmm. an area that Instagram really needs to bring up to speed if they want to have content creators stay on Instagram or just add it as another, you know, oh yeah, I'm also there. You can find some of my stuff. Or do you really want it to be people's main focus uh, platform? Yeah, absolutely. Well, jumping into advice here, what kind of advice would you have for those listening who maybe want to learn more about being a product manager like yourself and potentially pursue a career in the field? That's a great question. I would say to figure out what sort of people you like to work with and what your communication style is. Do you enjoy having someone just tell you what to do and you do it and then you go home at five o'clock? Okay. That's probably not a product manager, but there definitely is some kind of role that fits that where you can just sort of, I don't want to say mindless, but you don't have to be as engaged and maybe you can just listen to music and and kind of do that as you go about your day. Or do you want to be a, a person who interacts with a lot of different people and brings people together to accomplish a goal? That's really interesting to me personally, because you don't have to necessarily have done it, but yet you still make it happen. And so 
I, I think looking at it from a personality perspective of, of what you enjoy doing and what's fun for you, it, it doesn't quite feel like work. It will feel like work, but also it's not so stressful because that's your personality style. If you, if you hate talking to people and you hate, you know, uh, making sure that things are followed up on, and okay, this probably isn't the role for you. So figure out what you like to do and what aspects of work you enjoy. That is great advice. And I'm curious as a follow-up question, what are some places that you go to for inspiration whenever you're needing it in the field? That is a really good question. Um, so I try not to read too many product management books because I find that they're all over the place in terms of strategies. You should go for this methodology or that. And that kind of hurts my head. So rather than um, look for inspiration from the product management world, I go back and sort of relax and go for a walk or watch TV and, and think about other things and just think if I was going to give advice to myself, like what would I do? Or if I was looking at this problem with fresh eyes, how would I consider it? Like, what would I do differently if this was my first day working on this job? Or what would I do if I was in this job for 20 years? You know, so I kind of think about it from different perspectives to inspire myself, if that makes sense. Um, I was working on a product that I wasn't really able to get any data on um, very recently. And it's, it's a helpline that people call into. Um, and I was trying to figure out, okay, who would call into this line? Why would they call in? And, and I wasn't able to get any of the data analytics that I was hoping to find. So I called the helpline and I said, hi, what kind of people call this helpline? And they were like, who are you? And I said, oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be working on uh, some aspects of this. And, and I'd like to just get a little bit more detail. And they said, well, we can't just give information out to anybody. I said, okay, look me up in the system. You'll see. Like, I, <laughs> I work there. It's cool. And, um, and, and that was sort of my approach. So I try to take a step back and, and think about things from a different perspective. That's so important, especially now that we, we've gotten used to certain routines, but fresh perspective can really make a huge difference. And I think any industry that anyone is in. So I think that's great advice for us to, to kind of circle back around to as we head into November and December. But I'm curious if the audience wanted to learn a little bit more about you or have you speak or um, even see what's going on in, in the Instagram stories world, where can they find you, Daniel? Great question. So the two best places would be Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me at Daniel Hill Media. Um, I also have DanielHillMedia.com. You can uh, look for me there. We'll include a link in the show notes. Can we do that? Yes. And uh, <laughs> that would probably be the best. But um, I love getting DMs, you know, chatting about things, voice memos. Um, those are really good. And if it makes sense to continue the conversation, we can set up a Calendly to <laughs> find a time to chat more. Yes, I, I'm fairly certain that I learned about Calendly from you several years ago, and it has been such a game changer. I'm pretty sure that even though I may have told you about Calendly, you told me some better ways to use it. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I think I only had the one and then, you know, I got the paid and I set up a Calendly for um, doing podcast interviews and doing any other kind of conversation. My wife and I started doing an Instagram live on Friday nights last winter when we were all during lockdown. And so I created a Calendly for that and sent it to all my friends. And it said like, you know, what's your favorite kind of snack food? What kind of stories do you have? What's the dumbest thing you ever did? Will you be on the show? Pick a time. And, you know, so <laughs> huge fans of Calendly, I guess that's, that's the takeaway here. 
Yeah, yeah. I love that we've really learned a lot from each other over the past few years, <laughs> just like tips and tricks here and there. That's just another example of how technology can bring us together and bridge those gaps miles away. I'm in Oklahoma, you're in New Jersey, and we're somehow in this virtual space connected with one another. But Daniel, thank you so much for your time today. I think we've gone through some really good points today and kind of talked through your journey and kind of next steps. But um, thank you so much. And for everyone listening, I'll be putting Daniel's links in the show notes for everyone to access. And please go follow him on uh, Daniel at Daniel Hill Media and follow him on the Instagram stories flash briefing where you can learn everything you need to know about the rapidly evolving world of Instagram in three minutes or less a day. I will not tell you about the recent Easter egg on his show. That is amazing, but you should definitely listen to the very end because it will it will have you wanting to come back for more every day. Um, but thank you so much, Daniel. <laughs> I you appreciate me, you being Ashley. on the show. This has been great. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed today's episode of Coffee and Code, share it with a friend. You can also support this podcast by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, and you can also share it on social media. It doesn't matter if you have five or 500 or 5,000 followers, you have influence. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to be notified when new episodes go live. Thank you so much for listening to Coffee and Code.